0: awesome uh thank you so much for being on um so just a little up the top this uh, is uh it sounds a lot more impressive than it is this is season 10 episode uh three or awesome. no episode four um with uh chica Loka. and i'm very excited to have you on because uh i first i think i saw you you mentioned delaware earlier uh it was um bar 13 i guess yeah, you're hosting yes. i saw uh, i card. met you there and you know it's such a tough I have a lot of respect for people who host because I can't do it. Uh, I've tried it a couple times. And really, it's just, like, it's probably not as hard as when you had to do it. Like, I don't know how much setup you had to do at Bar 13. They kind of have, like, everything kind of set up, it seems. But, like, for me, hosting has always been very hard because it's, like, oh, now I have to remember names of people that I've known for, like, six years. And, like, I have to, like, remember to do, like, stage credentials and then you have to set stuff up. And it's, like, you know... It's very tough to to do and it's one of the like only things that really like comedy clubs that actually like do stuff like with people, they like, that's the only thing they'll give people. So how has hosting been for you? Do you like it? Like what's the, what's it like?
1: my favorite thing to do, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. I have been afforded a lot of great opportunities like Fenris from Bar 13, yeah, yeah, He's and awesome. uh, Eddie Gallagher from Cricket Comedy. They've allowed me to host shows for them, uh, when they weren't even there, so I think that's amazing. I love being able to not only kind of give a little call back in between the comedians, but get the energy of kind of feel the pulse of the crowd that whole thing right and uh yeah I, I just i don't know why it's one of my absolute
0: favorite things to do i think one of the positive things about it is you kind of feel like you know open mics the kind of the cool thing about open mics and comedy shows and anything in general is there's kind of a party aspect to it so you kind of get to bring that like host energy to it yes. where yes. and you get to have that center of attention where you get to you know kind of control the room and it's it's a lot of responsibility, but it can be really fun for people to do. So.
1: What I've also found is a little less pressure in the sense that people don't think that hosts are comedians. Right. They don't. I'm including myself, right. when I first started, I'd be like, oh, "Are you ready for your first comedian?" And people would say to me, "No, hey, you are the first comedian. Start saying the next comedian." So right. It's a little less pressure because then it's like, "Well, if I'm not funny, I was just a the host." These people right. don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> To me, I always, I, I don't like going, like, after, I don't like going first, because it's like, you have to be the assistant to those kind of. So, you just got to keep the, <laughs> the energy going and be like, okay, well, now we're starting. But yeah. uh, it's cool, like, just that you did. So, um, you've only started recently. Like, when did you start doing stand-up?
1: was my first uh time on stage at an open mic oh wow uh yeah so uh just this is like my third year three and a half years yeah yeah yeah.
0: so you're really enjoying it and everything that you've been able to do like um in that scene uh like i guess the kind of the delaware scene am i right is it like Mm -hmm. is it a good area for you do you like the mics there and everything
1: yeah yeah um i i definitely got my start at R 13 i did a lot of work with Mm -hmm. explore de um i i've just been very fortunate to meet people at shows who know other people so they're like well come to this mic and come to this mic right because i don't see a lot of the same people at mics um but i'm going to them a lot it's just not the same one because I feel like the people that travel around together are the same mics constantly uh, for me anyway it was almost stunting my growth if that makes any
0: oh, sense oh that makes sense yeah to me I've been very lucky because I don't personally I don't drive so like I I get to ride with a bunch of different comedians over the years and the great thing about it is like of course we're people too so we have conversations but also it can be funny And then, like, you also get to learn different styles and see how people do their comedy. Like, one of my first friends that I wrote with was, like, a one-liner, like, comic, so he's very quick-witted and had to learn, and I could learn how to do that that a little bit. My roommate, who I live with now, who drives me, he's very, you know him, you probably know him, uh, V.J. Preziosi, Uh, he's incredibly, like, dark but clever on stage, so, You learn how to do that. And it's just cool to be, like, surrounded by these other comics. Have you, uh... Do you have, like, a crew of people that you sort of, like, hang around? Or? Um,
1: ironically, no. Uh, (laughs) I have... I guess I do more shows for certain producers or with certain Mm. people. Um, And I know, like Belinda Clear, she mentored me. So I always have a special place for her, but I I kind of just go wherever I'm asked to work. Oh, yeah. Um, I have some people that I recommend for shows. Anytime I get booked for a show, I ask the producer if they need a guest spot. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll recommend one of my friends. Yeah. So. Uh, One of the people that I know are out there working hard and really trying and doing well, and they do the same for me. So, but that's that's pretty much it. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same. uh, Yeah, same group of people, but it's pretty large. (laughs) It's
0: always cool to have those like those mentor type of people. Like for me, that's Dan, Dan Caprio. Like we're really close, and like he's been doing it a long time, and just like it's so cool to have those people that you can sort of be around when things get, you know, kind of annoying or tough, or like, you know, just in, they can give you tips and everything for, you know, how you do. Um, Or even just
1: driving buddies. Oh yeah, driving buddies, yeah, totally. I have a show and it's like, hey, what are you doing? Um, Nancy Burkett, she's wonderful with that. If she doesn't have something to do, you know, she's supporting shows, so she'll come and we'll drive together. And... Um, it's just, it's good to have somebody that you can soundboard off, like you were saying. Oh yeah, for sure. I call them my, my comedy cousins, people that kind of all started around the same
0: time as me. It's always fun when you have that group of people, like, uh, so when, um, when you were getting into, I guess, like wanting to do it, who were the people that you kind of like grew up or liked, like before you did comedy?
1: So, uh, it's funny because I grew up on Lisa Lampanelli.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And I I just thought that she was amazing. Oh, yeah. She was not a mean person, though. So, doing a mean thing was hilarious. Yeah. But I'm not really good at roasting.
0: Um, No, it's very hard hard to do.
1: (laughs) I, I, I guess it's to people who deserve it or people like I know I can roast, but I'm just not good at roasting strangers. So, that wouldn't have been a good fit for me, but. Uh, recently, the past few years before I started comedy, I was big Ali Wong fan. Uh, Tom Segura. Oh yeah, really. Um, you Great. You know the classics. Yeah, uh, yeah. Grew up on Eddie Murphy, that kind of thing. Uh, Eddie Murphy Raw was probably something I shouldn't have been watching as a child, but I loved it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, I I'd say those people have uh have had a huge influence. Uh, Jim Jeffries, his new special uh just came out and he was one of the ones that I grew up watching as well. So Oh yeah, me yeah, too. I, I mean that's my comedy's a mix of those. You know,
0: it was it was so funny. I always say when, when when I was like a young teenager and like really get first getting into comedy, there wasn't really a whole lot of like really people to like watch. There was really three people on Comedy Central. It was Dane Cook, uh, Jeff Dunham, and uh, uh, Carlos Mancilla, I think, was the other one. And it was, like, those were the only three. And then when I, I got further into it, it was, like, uh, I guess, like, HBO and Showtime. It was, like, Louie I got into and Bill Burr and Jim Jefferies, And it was, like, cool to see this whole, like, you know, roster of amazing comics to look up to and be, like, oh, wow, I want to... I wanna do this and I feel like I can. And uh, I feel like I kinda got like funny like in high school-ish. Like you uh feel like that happened to you or were you always kinda like silly and funny as a kid?
1: Oh, I'm just awkward. Um, Oh, me (laughs) too. i a a very awkward person. And actually I was always a a side person. I was like a support character I Mm -hmm. guess in my own life. I never wanted the attention on me. So for me to have tried this and just, I think that's part of the Chica Loca thing too, is because that's more of a persona than actually me. Right. Um. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've always said ridiculous stuff that people thought were funny in mm-hmm. a way, but it was more like a laughing at you because you're so weird and awkward kind
0: of thing, not a, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> makes sense. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've dealt with that a lot. <laughs> and it's. It's that mix, you have to be like, you know, how you want to be represented. And it's cool that you're able to take that and do the Chica Loca thing. I mean, you know, it's it's really cool that you were able to do that. And it's so like creative, you know, but Thank you. But it is. Thank you. And uh yeah, so um was your family like surprised when you started doing stand-up? Like for me. They kind of were, like, when I started, like, actually performing with stuff, with singing and stuff. Because I was, like, kind of like you, I guess. I just, I didn't like negative attention. And every attention to me just felt like it would be negative. Like, Mm -hmm. and then once, like, the way I started to describe getting, like, funnier was I got picked on a lot. So, like, once I started, like, fighting back verbally, like, it was funny. I would never get in trouble with my teachers, like, if I said something mean back to it. To another student like someone would get in trouble for what i would say but i wouldn't because i'd make the teacher laugh with whatever <laughs> smart remark or <laughs> he made or whatever and then i was like you know and then the, the only problem with that is it's like richard you're five seven you can't talk shit you're gonna get hit <laughs> so that's the only thing that's, that's the thing but I still mean, a problem I'm always running that. my mouth so i get that <laughs> yeah i'm always running my mouth but, uh, <laughs> um do you have siblings uh, I do. I have
1: a, a half sister and a half brother. Um, they're my sister in Florida. My brother's in Vegas. Um, they, my whole family was actually out in New York for a family reunion and I was able to talk to a contact I had there and uh was able to do a fundraiser charity show at the producers club and my whole family could be there that weekend so uh, my sister see me my brother didn't come out from Vegas but you know dad aunts uncles um cousins like it was a really neat experience so Uh, I have an uncle who uh, actually was a comedian many years ago, and he got to come out of retirement and perform with me, which was cool. Oh, that's so awesome. So, yeah. I I don't think they were surprised. I think they were just like, oh, what is she into now? Because I've been a teacher for... Uh, well, I was, I just quit in June, but I was a teacher for 21 years. So, you know, they kind of knew me as a teacher, but also I always had some sort of antics that I was doing, Mm -hmm. trying something new. So they're probably all just like, oh, this is just something that she's doing to find herself. And yeah, so far so good.
0: I guess as a teacher, you kind of had that, that used to being sort of the control of the room, I guess, and knowing how to talk in front of, in front of a room. What uh, grade did you okay. teach?
1: Well, I taught K to 5, but uh, since I was good with discipline, it has like the crazy unstable Latina, be the uh, <laughs> the main discipline person there, um, I was stuck in fifth grade, oh, uh, which yes.
0: is, yeah, the hardest
1: of the elementary. I can imagine, classes,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: It, the kids were great, but, you know, I figure if I can speak in front of a bunch of middle schoolers that are just savage that don't wanna be there, I could speak in front of people at a comedy show who actually want to be there and are paying to be there. So it's a little easier I think for me because of that.
0: And I think you can kind of relate to this. It's kind of a thing we all deal with is there's still comedy, I feel. Like there's still a lot of times, like audiences still don't know how to act sometimes. And that can be, like, very tough, especially when you're a host. Do you feel like... And especially, like, in that Philly... Like, I would feel in the tri-state area, of, like, New Jersey, Philly, and, like, New York. Like, you have to deal with tough crowds. It's just the thing that you have to learn how to handle. And yep. it's very... And that's one of the, like, the the positives and negatives. is like, you're going to have to deal with that. But also, you learn skills from that and how to deal with that and be more, you know, and be more assertive with who you are on stage. I always say to people, like, be aware that that's your time. Like, if you have five minutes, you have five minutes. You have to let the audience know, like, you're in charge, kind of.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, um, Absolutely.
0: um, so, uh, I've only really seen you host a little bit. Uh, I wish I had, you know, gotten to see a little bit more of you, but what kind of, like, stuff do you usually talk about on stage nowadays?
1: Well, I I wouldn't be living up to the stereotype if I didn't do some uh, dick humor. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So there's a little bit of that. I think... uh, Somebody made a comment once about, like, yeah, that's what female comedians talk about. So now I make it a point just to right. do it out of spite.
0: <laughs> I, I think, you know, I think that's a good, you know, to me, I always, I always think as long as you're being creative with it, which I, I mm-hmm. obviously assume you are, you know, I wouldn't think that from what I've seen of you, it's probably not. You know, that's, that's a tough thing is, like, mm-hmm. you know, people sort of get critical of, like, what we're supposed to do. It's like when you're starting out, you can't do the level of comedy that you want to do. You yes. know, it yes. just doesn't happen that way. You know, for, for many years I was doing material that I was like, this is not it. This is not the stuff I want to be talking about, but it's the stuff that I have to talk about because I have to learn how to do this. And, yeah. uh, did you take any, like I never did. Yeah. Did you take any like comedy yeah. classes or anything at all?
1: No, no, I didn't. Um, I've done a lot of that, uh, internet YouTube research with, Right which my brain was probably the worst thing to do, because when I first decided that I was going to do an open mic, out of spite, really, um, I was, you know, just how to be a stand-up comedian, basically wicking it, and everything I saw was like, you never want to go over time, you never want to run the light, you know, you want to be respectful of time, and so three years later, in my head, if they're like, oh my gosh, you have 15 minutes, if I'm not... Like, 14 minutes and 57 seconds under, I have a panic attack, which is very weird, and a lot of the comedy producers that I work with are really, you know, laughs about that or their understanding, but I get... I mean, there's a few times where I've thought somebody gave me the light because they were taking a picture and there was a flash, and I, like, right. cut my set because it was like, oh, my gosh.
0: I see <laughs> that a lot with people nowadays. It's a very tough thing. Like, I always want longer time now that I've done it longer, and it's like, you know, it's kind of the... That's the hard thing with comedy is once you start getting, like, you feel like you're good at it, you kind of get the crowd, like, right, like, it gets hot right at the end. So you're like, oh, I want to keep this going. I want to keep the momentum. And you kind of have to halt it and be like, okay, that's my time. I think the thing that we sort of, that I have a, with you that I would say, like, with that is, of course, you're always going to worry about that. But I think the people that, like, really, the only problem is if you go, like, really over like, people that go, like, five, ten minutes over. Like, if you go, like, two minutes over, like, I don't think that's a problem, really. Like, like, a minute or two, like, like, but I understand, personally, you you feel like, personally, you feel like, no, this is what I was, this is what I was taught, and this is, like, the proper way to be. Did you feel, like, in your area, was, were the people, like, nice to you? Did you have a nice, like, social sort of, uh seen when you started well
1: yes and no um Mm -hmm. there were uh a lot of supportive people um especially people that had been doing comedy for a while that you know are headliners that helped -hmm. me out a lot uh but there was uh some let's say open micers that uh were not happy with my success or would you know say it was as a result of other things or you know which to me uh I I don't mind because I I know what work I've been doing and how I've uh, really put into it but you know it's kind of like that uh well you know somebody called me somebody said I'm not a uh I'm not a real comedian. Well, I, I, you're not a real comedian. I haven't seen you at Mike's. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm doing paid shows. So right. You
0: want to like, see me? Yeah, and you got to. Like and else. <laughs> you're in that accelerated, you know, place. And at least when you're doing paid shows and you're doing something like that, you're learning at a higher rate of how to do it and how to yeah. do it. Like, there's nothing wrong with doing mics like that person is. But they're both valid in a way of, especially yours is more hard, harder to go immediately into that because people strive for that. I strive for that to get on more shows. You know, that's always been, my thing is that like being like personally, I always feel like I've taken it way more seriously than other people have. And not in like a braggy or like way to say that they're not taking it seriously, but I just take it way too seriously. Cause it's something that like I've wanted to do for a long time. So, yeah. you know, I'm 29 now. Well, I, I started when I was 20. Oh, you're a baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm really. <laughs> but anyway, I started in improv because there was no like local scene. There was like um, comedy like farther from me, but I just couldn't, I couldn't do stand up. So I started improv and then a couple years later, like a local scene just started. So I started doing, so I started doing improv at 15 and a half and then I started doing stand up at 21 and a half so it was like so now i'm 29 it's like it's what i've dedicated my whole like 20s to doing and it's it's such a like weird thing because you know a lot of people have sort of similar goals as you know i think anyone does to get better at this and you know we kind of take it seriously and we do it like three four times a week but there is still like a party aspect to it and still like a social aspect to it where people don't really take it as seriously as you do and that can be frustrating Mm -hmm. because you're just like no this is what I do when I go to an open mic, like, I'm very much, like, I'm personal like, pattern. I think that's also just from, like, my autism and OCD. I'm just, like, things need to go the right way. Like, even if we're just having fun here, even if it's just, you know, I know it's just an open mic. I know it's just, like, you know, a local, like, small-time thing. It's, like, there needs to be a certain, uh, I don't know, like, professional, like, part yes. to it a little bit. Like, even if it's just, like, a local, like, fun thing, I think. That's how I always feel. I agree with you 100%. Um, I
1: was told, you know, of course, I didn't know this, like, my first, like, few months in comedy, but, you know, I was told by people that um, open mics are for you to practice your new material and and, and hone in on your material that you're already solid with for paid gigs. Right. It's just, like, the practice before the big gigs. Right, yeah. So I've always taken them... You know, seriously, and people are like, Oh yeah, you know, somebody said something about oh yeah, hopefully you don't bomb
0: like you did at the mic. I'm like, you don't bomb
1: at no, mic. No, you don't bomb at mics. That's
0: so like, what it's for. That's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. hardest thing with with uh with that, especially for me, is just other people outside of comedy understanding that, like, they'll wanna come see you. And it's like, No, you do not want to come to this open mic. Like <laughs> you know, it's funny and also it's kinda funny, like, uh, have you ever seen the movie Dodgeball, before? Yes. I use that. this analogy all the time. You know when they have the, like, the weird coach come in and he's like, is he weird? He's like, no. And then he acts so weird and they're like, he's not weird for us. Like, yeah. It's the same thing with, with an open mic. You could bring like a random stranger or friend to an open mic and they'll be like, this was terrible. you would be like, no. This was the best mic in three weeks. <laughs> 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 like, you should have seen what happened last Right. <laughs> like... Like, I went to this open mic recently, and uh, totally, like, nice person there, it, Like, she's great. And it's her first, like, mic that she's hosting. But, and there was, like, a couple new people, and uh, it's just, like, they were going over time. And then there was, like, you know, there's people doing stuff that was, like, aggravating to me. who has been doing it a long time. I'm like, I have to not be critical. I feel like, no, this is a new, like, <laughs> thing for them. And she, like, said that I should, she, she was actually nice. She was like, you can be critical, it's like fine. It's like, but I'm like, yeah, it's just a funny thing, because uh, it was actually a really interesting Like, thing. There was a guy, uh, he didn't go up and do any material. He, he brought, uh, um, like, this box of Hershey bars, and he was selling them to the audience during his set. <laughs> And it was, like, an inventive thing. I thought, oh, that's really creative. <laughs> to think that. And he was being funny during it, I thought, like, with the way that he did it. But it was just, like, you know, it's, like, and then when I went on, on stage, I was, like, I've been doing comedy for, like, eight years. I'm not selling you guys fucking chocolate. <laughs> but it's, like, fun when stuff like that happens at a mic and you're, like, just these things. And that's one of the coolest things is just, like, going to those different places. Like I haven't been to Bar thirteen in a while, but I always liked the uh the freedom of it and the material that they like there. They allow you to go a lot farther than other places would. Do you yes. sort of agree yes. with that? Yeah. Oh
1: hundred percent. Um I have to say that it's one of my favorite places to perform. Not only because I started that was where I did my first open mic, but because I I uh, just love the freedom, and they're so welcoming as to, you are who you are, you know, on the other nights, they have different things there, they don't care what you look like, who you're sleeping with, you know, right. what, what your preferences and everything, you're just, you're there who you are, and and everybody accepts it so a lot of times when I'm hosting a show there I absolutely love it because I just get to say whatever comes out of my mouth without having to you know I I always I overthink my overthinking
0: oh yeah for sure you too
1: (laughs) and that happens you know on stage so when you're worried about what you say it's a little different than at bar 13 I'm just like this is just whatever's gonna come out of my mouth comes out of my mouth and it usually works pretty well
0: And they like that authenticity. I think that's the main thing that I've always liked about it is everyone being authentic. And, like, to me, it's, like, the best thing about comedy really is hearing different points of view and how people, you know, are. And when their jokes are good, on top of that, it's, like, that's what I've noticed that's really good with, like, teen and, like, that area is, like, you'll get views from people that you might not agree with. But they're funny jokes, actually, which is like, which is a rare thing. It's a really rare thing to go to an open mic or anything and hear that, like, that equalness of like, you know, sometimes you want to agree with someone and their jokes are terrible. But when you're like, you don't agree with someone and their jokes are like well written, you're like, well, at least your joke is really, really good. (laughs) It's like, you know, and that's the cool thing about it. And it allows you to be like Toso learn like it's also they have like it's mostly a good audience there but like that's the one thing where you also have to like be firm on stage a little bit of like not to be interrupted and stuff Yes. because it's just yeah. it's just like you have to learn how to take control of the room i think that's one of the biggest like things that i'm still trying to learn and a lot of people still try to learn is like you know you have to sort of you know it's all about remaining likable and all that, and then, like you also have to have that strength of like well, no, i'm this is my time you know mm-hmm.
1: um and i I think it's a huge compliment, especially when other comedians tell you what a good job you did hosting, oh yeah, for sure, if you're able to keep the uh crowd you know, kind of composed a little bit uh, and, and just, you know, respectful and stuff. Um, I think that's a, a huge thing when people say that, uh, when comedians, anyway, mm-hmm. say that, you know, you did a good job hosting. I take it much more uh, at, at weighted, I guess. It's weighted much more when another comedian mm-hmm. says it because they know what, what to look for in a host.
0: Have you been, since you've been, you know, since so people talk about being pretty stringent on time stuff. Are you good? with uh with like being i don't know like oh so you have your teaching background probably this helps is like being strict about time like in a good way um it's it's
1: almost neurotic though i i i'm good if somebody tells me you know they want me to do 10 minutes but then that day they're like oh somebody canceled can you do like 12 or 15 Mm -hmm. or whatever then i'm i'm fine with that i just don't like to ever go over right so I have backup plans um, and I usually have my you know one or two closing bits that you know let's say the producer is gonna give the light or whatever um, but yeah I am I'm one that's like very neurotic about it right as far as when I'm hosting uh, unless somebody goes over, a lot. I don't really. It doesn't really bother me. I, I can adjust it either way. Sometimes people do way under their time, and then you have to make up for it by doing some crowd work and stuff.
0: Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's a very popular thing nowadays. That uh, you know, every you know comedian seems to have to do, on like their social media stuff and like posting stuff, is the crowd work. How do you feel with that? Like to me, I'm not a huge uh fan of doing it yet. I think to me, I'm I've just been. You know, it's kind of uh, the the joke I have that's kind of serious, kind of like this. I have the worst uh, opinion, like towards it, the worst attitude towards it. I'm like, if the audience was funny, they'd be up here. Like, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I have that sort of mentality. I'm like, I've been holding this material for so long. It's like, I don't want to ask. <laughs> I'm not interested in the crowd. But it's, like, <laughs> but it's like, you have to make it conversational. You know, that's one thing that I want to do more of with my act is like, trying to do that, is that balance of you wanna tell your stories and your jokes and sort of your side, but you wanna make it fun for, for the crowd. So it's not just like a monologue, you wanna do like an interactive thing. So how do you feel with crowd work?
1: Well, so, um, okay. It's funny because as a comedian, uh you would think I would have gone to a lot of comedy shows before, mm-hmm. I was always so scared that somebody was going to kick me
0: out of Oh, yeah, yeah. the comedy crowd. <laughs> I mean, that's a common uh that's a common trope like that's a common in thing in New Jersey comedy at least. Like I feel like in New Jersey and the Tri-State area that I mentioned, like that's the main like thing that always happens. And, and that's where I'm from. Yeah. So it's tough. It's like That's what we've sort of been conditioned to think what happens at comic shows. And to me, I think it happens a lot less nowadays, even though it seems like it's more popular. But I think it happens less nowadays, and I think people are safer with it. But it is still, like, a common, like, thing people rely on. And... to me, I, I don't want to talk mean, too much. <laughs>
1: I didn't want to, like, make anybody feel uncomfortable. So, right. You know, like, so I don't like to do things. I don't like to pick out people that don't look like they want to be picked out. Right. Um, I've also heard a lot of different things from different uh, veteran comedians about crowd work. Like, you know, only the host or the headliner should do crowd work. And then I right. hear, you know, only the headliners should do crowd work. Or, you know, it, it's a lot of mixed things. So so when I host I typically ask the headliner, um, are A, are they okay if I do some crowd work and uh, B, you know, are they okay if I, you know, like cursing or, or you know, doing blue comedy and stuff. Oh, yeah. I just recently found out too that there are a lot of headliners that don't want their features or their hosts to get dirty or blue or curse, uh, because then it takes away from what they're gonna do. So, um the crowd work then in that case uh since a lot of my humor is blue and dirty i kind of go
0: into crowd work and right and just, i turn it into a more self-deprecating thing than a um you know oh yeah in front of the crowd kind for of sure like my comedy personally is very very self-deprecating and mm-hmm. it's very funny like nowadays how like i'm not a person who like complains about like you know, I'm not a person who complains about like cancel culture and people are too sensitive, but immediately I I'm such a hypocrite because I get so upset when nowadays like people are much nicer in the world, uh-huh. which is good for the world, but is not good for comedy. So like I make fun of myself and it's like don't all these are jokes about <laughs> so myself. I'm making fun of myself. I have the power, but it's like. If someone awes during my joke, I'm like, is that too sad or is that too like? <laughs> I get in my head and I'm like, no, this is silly. It's like, you know. Yeah. And you talked about being like doing lower stuff and everything. Like, it's so interesting. Like, I never I never look at comedy through that lens. So it's so tough for me when I when I hear like those type of rules from people, it's like, well, I think people should do the only time it really pisses me off is when I know someone is doing it and it's not their, their thing they really do. Like, if a person doesn't curse in real life, it doesn't really make sense to me why they would curse on stage a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing for me. It's like, you should be authentic on stage as possible, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the main thing. And at least you're aware of it to be like, well, if they asked me to not do it. I can, you know, think of it. But that's one of the toughest things is like adjusting to those other things. Yeah. It can be really, really really
1: tough. I've worked with some headliners that are very, very specific about what they want Mm -hmm. um, and what they don't want. And so, you know, I always ask, even with people that I've worked with before, you know, Mm -hmm. um, just in case, you know, anything's changed. I just wanted to make sure. Right. And even a lot of them will say, oh, just do whatever you're going to do. They've appreciated the fact that I've asked them. Right. Um, and I think it's just courtesy uh, to the people who are headlining. And yeah. I think as a result, I've gotten recommended and booked for shows by a lot of those headliners, right. uh, which has helped a lot.
0: Um, I got to ask, like, the, are there any any of these headliners that stick out to you of like, that were really helpful? And like, that you, that you sort of had good experiences with that you could share? Oh, gosh
1: how long is uh <laughs> how long do you got um so earlier i forgot to mention one of the people that i started watching uh right about when i got into comedy that i really loved was gary owen
0: oh uh, yeah really really yeah him. yeah he's great he
1: um I, I actually went to a show with uh Tom Levy. Uh, We went to see him at Helium. We both started around the same time, and we were both off one night. And we're like, oh, he's like this guy, Gary Owens, playing at Helium. I'm like, oh, God, I love Gary Owens. Let's go. So we got to sit in the front. Afterward, we went up and took pictures, and, you know, I had said to him and T-Rope, who was the guy that was on tour with him, mm-hmm. uh, hilarious, and I said, hey, you know, we're new comedians, it was really exciting, so he said, well, here, follow me on Instagram. he had been following my comedy career and stuff and uh not even a year later he said you know we're going to be in philly this weekend um you should come out and i had a show i was hosting happened to be in philly and he said "Well, come hang out with us after this is friday night and he asked how the show went and it it went well and he said uh do you want to open on sunday I'm like, I'm sorry, what? He was like, do you want to open for me and Gary on Sunday? So I'm like, I'm like are you serious? Like, I'd never even been on the stage there before. And so I did. And um, the next
0: day, that was Friday. The next day, I opened for Jackie the Man Martling. Oh, wow. And, yeah, that is, was
1: supposed to that be is a crazy. Set, but it got cut to five, so I totally ate the bed. Um Bed, was he
0: how was he with that was he was he cool about like that happening to you or what was that sort of if you don't mind me asking like how was that sort of response to it was yeah. it negative or
1: um i think it was his idea to cut the, all the comedians time. i'm not sure Oh, uh, okay so I just, it wasn't so. like
0: i just meant like i guess the reaction from him was not too negative of you know how you did or anything because that's how i would be like you know, worried about. I guess in that getting that opportunity, I'd be like, oh, whoa. But it's you got your time cut too, so that's a that's a major thing. Yeah, two
1: to five minutes, and there was somebody being really loud in the audience to the point that people couldn't even hear in the back. I had family members come out, so it wasn't good. So I determined to do better that next night where I was opening for Gary and T Robe and I did so well at the first show they asked me if I wanted to do the the second show. Um and I did. So it was a dream come true. But um T Robe is one of the people, you know, he's he's a blue check. He's toured with, Yeah I mean Chappelle, Kevin Hart, all the major people. and mm-hmm. he is the most humble uh, just helpful amazing comedians that i mean and as a person he's genuinely great too so he was actually in the area with a few comedians they were on their way to the prison and uh he hit me up and a few of us went to go get some food on their way and just getting to hear his experience and getting his advice it's amazing
0: yeah that's, he, that's such a cool myself. thing you know with this podcast that I've been doing, you know, I, I started interviewing just, you know, all the comedians in my area, and then I've been able to, like, interview a couple of headliners, and um kind of one of the biggest names that I had on last year was uh Giamarco Sorenzi. and, uh, wow. like, you know him, right? Heard I, I of him, know him yeah. yeah, like, he was so freaking nice to me, and, like, whenever I've had a headliner like that on my podcast they always talk to me like even though we're in different areas of comedy like kind of different levels they always treat me as like a comic which is super cool and it's like really because they understand they've been where you've been and it's really cool when they're that humble and that like it's so gratifying because you're just like they understand everything of like what we're doing. The Reverend Bob Levy is like that, uh, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I know a couple people who know him. I haven't met him yet, but I know a lot of people who know him.
1: Oh, he, he's he's wonderful. Um, I've done a lot of shows with him, and he's uh, had me out at the dojo in North Jersey, and um, his uh, newer spot that him and Kevin Brennan are doing, I'll be there in March um, and, and just, he's very complimentary, gives great advice, I open. I hosted for him at the starboard, actually, he vouched for me, and thank God I did so well, because I've seen people really, uh, really shit the bed there, Uh-oh. so, um, uh, like, oh my God, Bob recommended me, you know, he vouched for me, and, uh, yeah, I, I did well, thank God. <laughs> yeah, it
0: can always be awesome to have those people that just, you know, can help you in whatever way, and, like, obviously... the the main part of it is also that you can deliver. But it's good to have those, that little bit of help too, where it's like, also it's cool when someone at that level sort of recognizes you and you're like, it validates what you've been doing. You're like, oh, so I am pretty good at this or I do have something with this.
1: Um, What's funny is I I went to, I just went to a show um my boyfriend was in a show mm-hmm. and Bob was on it and I got to meet his wife. I hadn't gotten a reader and she was, Oh, you're a chica I said, Oh yeah she goes, Yeah, you're one of the few females my husband actually thinks is funny and I was like okay, I can die now. Wow. <laughs> that is the nicest thing. Yeah I could hear. But yeah. it was like, What? Like that was a conversation? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's always a strange, you know, I know that older kind of comics feel that way but like mm-hmm. to me i've always felt like comedy is really good when it's diverse and not out of just diversity for diversity's sake or being progressive or whatever it's good because it's just so much more for the audience to relate to and yeah. i feel like that's a main like thing with stand up is relating like i always say you know i'm i have a a lot of social awkwardness. Like, I've been performing a long time. It's so like I have confidence on what I do in comedy-wise, but I'm a very anxious person. So people who have, like, anxiety and depression and stuff, they relate to what I do. And I feel yes. like if, you, if someone is shy, like a shyer person, and they do comedy, the people who are 10 times shyer in the audience are going to relate to your material because it's all about, like, just being, relating through jokes. Okay. And I always feel that's better when you have better like, a better group to sort of go through. Do you feel like the shows you've been on have been diverse enough in that way? Or are you still on shows with, like, a lot of guys?
1: <laughs> um, I am I the diversity hire, usually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I bring the
0: female, the whole Is that... thing,
1: LGBTQ, right. you know, like, that whole middle-aged woman thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I know it's, it's hard a lot of times for people to find reliable, local um, talent to, you know, roll, bring people out or we'll have right. a following. So I don't ever really fault uh, producers when I'm on a show and it's like, I, I make a joke when I'm on these shows. It's like me and four white dudes and I'm like, it's chicken the Colonizers.
0: Or... <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
1: um, I did, uh, the show I did with Jackie Martling, it was like, it was me and I think four white dudes, um, and it looked like they were all, you know, they just picked me up. I was their housekeeper or something, and they were like, hey, we're going to do comedy. You should join. You know what I
0: mean? <laughs> right. So,
1: um, I, I understand that it's uh, this industry is very saturated with a certain type of comedy, and, and those comedians, right. are, you know, are the type that sell out stadiums and yeah. things like that, so... And, I don't blame anyone for not, if they do, but yeah, it's still pretty, uh, yeah, I pretty think, rare that I'm not the only woman.
0: I think that's the tough thing about, I think, comedy in any entertainment, really, industry, is that a lot of the stuff that we sort of view as, like, outdated and stuff, it's, it doesn't come from any malice, it just has worked for so long that it's sort of just the common standard. You know, but I feel like once you sort of are able to prove, like no matter what you are, not that that doesn't matter, but like no matter what you are, sort of I like to feel most of the time, not always. Like the cream sort of rises to the top. Like the people that are talented, I feel like do often get you know these opportunities and stuff that they deserve. Hopefully, that's what I always think. (laughs) You know.
1: And I know a lot of it, there are certain people that, you know, are like, well, I'm not going to kiss anybody's ass in order to get on shows and blah. And it's like, well, I I maybe would have thought that at your age too, but now I'm a woman, I'm 43, I spent two decades in a, a career where it's not that you're kissing someone's ass is that you're being polite and professional right uh, understanding that it's a business and if you're causing problems for people or if you're causing problems for the venue or the producers and making other comedians our audience members feel uncomfortable no matter how funny you think you are people are not going to want to hire you oh yeah you know, um
0: there are so many comedians i don't mean to cut you off there's so many comedians i know who would be like so much better if they just got their personality in check, which is a really tough thing, you know, cause that's mainly what can make someone funny. But it's like, really there's a, there's a big, uh, there's a big thing in maturity and how you handle yourself in public. And that can be very tough for people. Well,
1: and it's funny because as we were just talking about Reverend Bob Levy, He is one of the sweetest, most gentle people, but his stage persona is very different. Oh yeah, I've heard that, yeah. You know, you know how, I mean, his comedy. Yeah. But he is not like that when he gets off the stage, and I could see people wanting to work with him and wanting to be around him, and he was one of the first shows I ever did. He was a headliner on it and i i really learned a lot from that it's like you can have your stage persona you can be funny if, if your thing is that you're an asshole on stage that's cool but then you got to think about it as these producers are hiring you for a job right so you're technically interviewing when you meet them or when you see them out or whatever and if you're not going to be someone they want to be around they're not going to hire you no matter how funny you think you are right so.
0: yeah it is a really important, you know, thing. And I think that's in any, you know, any type of place that you're in really professionally is, like, if you want to do something, you sort of have to have those those ways of knowing how to do it. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I always say, you know, the thing with comedians to me is, like, I always feel like we're the most immature of the uh, of the performing, like, people. Like, I always feel like, you know, whenever we see, like... Like, musicians and actors, they can do, like, red carpet stuff. Comedians can never do red carpet stuff. I always say that we are – the analogy I always use is, to me, comedians are, like, babies in suits, like, trying to be adults. We're, like, no. <laughs> We're very immature. And, like, part of it comes from we joke around a lot and there's a lot of that. And that's the main thing that I think a lot of people have to learn, I still have to learn, is, like, you know, how to talk to people, how to be – because I feel like with comedy, it's it's a – you know, it's a common thing to say, like it's a defense mechanism. So like it's what we've yes. we've sort of created to uh to be able to exist in the world, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know oh. it was our that's how we got by. It's like, you know, I I always say like when I got funny in my teens, it's like it's like a video game. I hit that button all the time. It's like, you know, de-escalates, you know <laughs> it, it de escalates problems. It can, you know, it can help to say something, you know. To lighten the mood it can help to stick up for yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it also comes to the point when it's like oh no you have to be like serious sometimes
1: <laughs> that's a great point that's a really great point it's comedy can be utilized for so many uh different coping mechanisms basically or different yeah avenues to be able to get what you want and things absolutely that's a great point
0: yeah so um I just wanted to ask, oh, what else? Uh, what are, what are your social media stuff? Uh, it's
1: all Chica Loca comedy uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram, Facebook, the
0: TikToks, I'm an old lady, so I really have to try and start posting stuff on there more. Oh, I'm terrible um, with with TikTok. I got like, I just recently, like I guess in the past like six months, and it's mostly bots. It's like half of it is bots, but I most I got over the like one thousand. Uh, likes or whatever. So it's nice. like the thing is like what's what's interesting about that is like I just wanna it gives me either it gives me two things. I'm like I'm either like well I have like already over like a little bit over a thousand like likes now. So I don't have to put out as much content. Cause my main thing I hate is that I don't ever want to put out like content that's bad. Like I think mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing is like there's a push to, you know, if you want to be successful at TikTok and everyone that I've seen uh that is, it's like, you got to put out a lot of content. And to me, that's always like the catch 22 of me is like, well, I don't want to put out crap, you know? I want to put out stuff that's that's good. And also you don't want to give away like your act entirely. You know, you kind of want people to come out and see you. So you can't share all your jokes. That you have. That's the biggest problem
1: I have with sharing any of them. First of all, I'm too critical on myself. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 that could have been a lot better. But then it's like, well, you know, I, if this is out there and now people come see me, I'm still in that newer stage where I have a lot of staple bits. Right. So they're going to know those bits, you know? Right. So, yeah, I'm in that stage.
0: And to me, the only thing that I sort of try and do is I try and keep those, especially like, I'll do those a lot locally at, like, a lot of open mics where they're pretty popular, those jokes. Because then I can do them the most. But it's real, really, like, it is a thing to deal with. It's like, okay, I can't, you know, that's the main thing that I'm doing with now is just trying to figure out, like, what I'm going to be posting with my stuff. Because that's the toughest thing, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, um, this is probably, I don't know if this is too nerdy of a, like, comedy question to ask. But, like, how much material do you usually do like now like do you have like 20 minutes that you do what's sort of like your
1: yeah um I am uh actually on Saturday I'll be um headlining at the Wayne Brook Inn so oh that's awesome 30-35 so it's my first headlining gig Mm -hmm. uh so yeah it's it's I did a show on Valentine's Day and it was uh yeah just 20 minutes and it felt like five ah um yeah, so you, tonight I have a show in Lansdowne, PA and I'm doing uh I believe 15 to 20 minutes. So that seems to be my sweet spot right. but um without crowd work or anything else right. like
0: uh Yeah. It's, do it's, you have it's uh 20 minutes. Do you have any aspirations to do like an album yeah. or anything or like a special
1: I do. I do. I want to uh, eventually, um, once I get my all of my material down uh, and solid, because, you know, sometimes certain things work in certain places, but I like to use the ones that work everywhere. So once I get enough of material that works universally instead of just in some spots, because I do do a lot of Puerto Rican humor, mm-hmm. which tends to make
0: people who are not Puerto Rican feel a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can, I can imagine that because that's, that's always a tough thing to do is like you want, you know, it's funny, like people, people don't realize that like a lot of stuff that feels like it might be like racially insensitive, is just tropes that are relatable to that group of people.
1: And, you know, I start off always by saying, especially when I host, hey, guys, don't get offended on behalf of my people. Right. Trust me, (laughs) if there were any Latinos here, they would find this shit hilarious. Right. (laughs) And they always do. It's always the one or two, especially Puerto Ricans after that will come up. Like, I'm laughing so hard. I do uh, uh, teenage pregnancy jokes, you know. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And, uh... Yes, a lot of times other people get uncomfortable, but I remember after one show, this Puerto Rican lady and her daughter that looked like her sister, she was <laughs> like, "I had her at fifteen like that was absolutely hilarious' and it's right like, trust me, don't get offended on behalf of my people. We're very stabby
0: yeah <laughs> I think that I think that's just the main thing is people just don't and that goes back to my whole entire gripe with uh just comedy audiences in general, like I'm a person who like I like. I think the, that's the only thing that, like, is bad about comedy shows, people that go to comedy that aren't familiar with it, you know. And it's such a strange thing. I was talking with uh, a friend of mine recently. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird. We, comedy is such a vague word. So when you see comedy show or comedy club, it's different than, like, going to see music because music is pretty specific. Like, it'll be either, like, a musical or classical music. But comedy is such a vague word. That's like, well, what is comedy? Yeah. What is, what is this? And there's so many different styles. So people can go in expecting something and whatever you deliver is not always what people have in their head. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, with
1: the name, I've
0: gotten some mixed things from
1: people about keeping cheek or not. You know
0: what's, I think. Oh, yeah. What were you saying? I'm
1: sorry. You know what's,
0: what's funny to me is, um. I, uh, I I wanted to do this joke because I recently found this out, was, you know how, like, the, the, uh, words in the Spanish, like, language are, like, gendered? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. You know, uh, well, the word locura means insanity. And it's, and it's weird that that's a gendered word that calling, like, that delirious and, like, insane are, are female words. (laughs) and it's like a weird like it's a weird sexism in the language that is like was that created like knowingly or is it actually based on the moon um it's uh and
1: it goes back to latin because luna and the lunar cycles and all that uh they consider the moon a feminine energy and so Mm -hmm. um When, like, crazy and all those things that were derived of that from the moon have female genderizations to them.
0: Yeah. Because
1: they blame the moon for a lot of things. I mean, I do too, but that's...
0: Right. So, (laughs) yeah, I was a little curious about that. Like, how that name was perceived, I guess, in that way. I never really thought of it. I guess I'm ignorant. I never thought it was a problem. I was just like, you know, it's... But, uh... yeah. But yeah, that makes but sense. I
1: use that name because uh, people will see that and it's like, okay, if her name is Chica Loca, she's obviously doing some sort of like, she's going to talk about some sort of hispanic, right you know, so it kind of prepares them ahead of time like oh chica loca she's some sort of hispanic she's probably going to talk a little bit about that so it's not a super shock no, yeah. it's funny because i usually go out and i don't know what it is about my people but no none of my people really come out to comedy shows in any of the areas i do comedy mm-hmm. so i usually go hey where are my latinos at and nobody says anything and i'm like oh shit you know and then it starts people off laughing right away and getting them comfortable mm-hmm. with what i'm going to say say so yeah
0: yeah so it's so cool just to hear like just everything that you sort of said about you know sort of how you came name and how you know you've gotten to do all these shows people so I definitely want to say this um if you ever have uh like anything that comes up and you want to promote like I can definitely have you on again and also um I'm trying to get back into my Twitter. I got a lot of signed out of it, and I have to get back into it for my, okay. for my podcast. But I do promote, like, everyone that's been on the podcast. Like, I try to promote everyone for their stuff. So I'll definitely have awesome. to do that. So I'll definitely, like, be promoting a lot of your stuff and everything. So, uh, but, uh, Thank but I appreciate yeah. that so but, much. Yeah, I, I think, like, the main thing for me is... Uh, I just... I, I, I realized that I'm surrounded by so many amazing people that I better you know that's kind of a weird thing you know I think maybe you can relate to this is when we do comedy we kind of have these bigger aspirations and then you have to realize like oh no you have to be realistic for a while yes. so for me it was like I have to be in New Jersey for a while like that's what I realized a couple years ago it was like well I can either be like fuck I hate doing comedy in New Jersey or I can be like well no Richard look at all these amazing people that you do comedy with and this amazing scene So that's the way I kind of try to fix my attitude to be more positive around it. I love
1: that. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I love that you said that you share, because that's one of the things that I'm not on social media very much anymore, but when I am, um, especially on Facebook, when I see somebody that I know has a show, I'll share it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to support each other. And I think that the more of us that do that, that help each other out, the easier it'll be for all of us involved. And and that way we can all come up together. I've always had that mentality in my head.
0: And we can get more people coming to shows that like it comes more linked together. It's like, okay, if they see that you know this person, that also gives them a little bit of credit. They're like, They'll yeah. see this comedian They'll be like, oh, Chico Loca likes this person. Well, that means this yeah. person's good. So I'll go and see them. It's like... Hopefully. It's like that's the way it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. When are you going to be in Delaware next? I'm hoping to come back soon. It's so tough. You know, I usually try and do... Uh, like I've been... October was one year that I've been uh, living on like not with my parents like with vj just okay. like by myself so the the hardest thing now is i have to just financially it's like i can do an expensive okay. mic like twice or once a month so it's like that's the main deal with it it's like either that or i just spend way too much money on uber so i'm <laughs> just like uh, <laughs> like I that's the main thing because that's oh, the one thing like teaching. you know you it's like, funny it's it's funny I used to say this you know before you know people started getting you know attacked on stage more recently in recent years I used to say comedy will only affect you like comedy can never hurt you physically like that used to be what I used to say to people when they used to like ask me about being a comedian it's like no it's hard like financially for sure and it's hard emotionally sometimes but it's never physical and then I see people getting attacked on stage recently and I'm like now it's physical (laughs) now it's everything (laughs) yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i understand that completely um when i quit teaching you know i it was a full-time salary mm-hmm. not that it was that much but um so now i'm limited to you know i'm in middletown delaware right now mm-hmm. so i'm limited to how many mics and where i can go because gas is so expensive yeah. and So I get that a lot, but the next time you're in Delaware, definitely hit me up and I'll come out for sure. All right, awesome. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Well, thank you.